world with LinkedIn. One show at a time. Join your fearless leaders as they reveal insider secrets, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. For those about to get LinkedIn, we salute you. This is your chance to get inspired and use LinkedIn to help you rock the world too. Now, it's time to crank it up to 11. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the LinkedIn Rockstars! in the world with LinkedIn today and with privacy and access. Now, that's kind of an interesting term. And the first time I heard it, I thought privacy and access, does that allow you to find privacy, to control your privacy, to um, decide what you want to remain private? What does that really mean? And what's really interesting is the first time I was introduced to this community, I was introduced to the community at a Congress in Canada, and they have a little bit of a different paradigm than the United States. And so we have a lot of listeners from all over the world, but primarily um, in the U.S. and Canada. So I think this is going to be a really fun conversation today. Mike O'Neill is on the road. He can't be here. And I'm thrilled because Sharon Polsky is one of the very first people I met in this community. We became instant friends when she shared her socks with me, the ones with holes in them for my fingers. And that's a long story we'll talk about later. But she is finally here on Rock the World with LinkedIn. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lori. It's wonderful to be with you again. It is. And we had so much fun in Calgary just a month or so ago um, when you put on the first um, Privacy and Access Council of Canada um, Congress, and it was amazing. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And it was wonderful having you here to speak to the Canadian audience. I mean, we had everybody from the Chief Information Officer of Canada, the Government of Canada, to privacy commissioners from across the country, people who work in access and privacy. But we did it differently because these issues aren't just affecting the people who do the access and privacy work, but it's also the security people and the risk and the compliance people and consumers, all of us in Canada and the states and around the world, because digital data travels so quickly and so many people have access to it. What do you do for privacy? Right, exactly. And it's a lot, it has really um, elevated my sense of um, in the social media space for people who are being forced into social media because their employers are telling them you have to use social selling, you have to market online and, and you have to be out there and um, expose yourself and find customers. And that's, um, it's a little scary. It's a bit daunting. And so let me give our customer, our, our customers, that's funny, our listeners a little bit of background. You are the president of the Privacy and Access Council of Canada, as well as Amina, which is a private sector consultancy. Um, so tell, tell us about Amina first, because you've got a long history in this space. 
I do. Um, I've been working in privacy consulting now for decades, literally, long before the laws came in, long before it became popular, and long before NSA and Edward Snowden. And mm-hmm. I, I've <laughs> truly, and I've been inside governments and major corporations and Fortune 500s and helping them to recognize what laws do they have to comply with to be privacy compliant to ensure that their stakeholders can get access to their information, which under Canadian law is provided. We're allowed to ask for information that's held about us by companies, by governments, but how do you do that? And inside organizations, they're they're like everybody else. They're not quite sure because this whole area is so complex. So we've helped them understand what are their obligations, their legal obligations, how do they meet those obligations. We've developed training programs, doing privacy impact assessments for when an organization is going to put in a new process or system that's going to have some impact on personal information. So it's been very, very educational, and every engagement is is an eye-opener, really. It's amazing what's going on there. Yeah, I can imagine, and things change so fast. Now, I I mentioned that things are a little bit different in Canada. You have access, you've got the right to access your information. We we do in the U.S. too, but here in the U.S., we had Watergate, and we're more concerned about information access and gaining access to what the government is doing and what companies are doing. And in Canada, they didn't have, um, you guys didn't have Watergate or, or things that, that happened, so you're much more interested in privacy. And I notice every time I go to the conferences in Canada how different the atmosphere is and the conversation is, how differently it's focused, even though we're talking about a lot of the same things. We are talking about the same thing, and you're right, we didn't have Watergate, but we have so many other events, shall we say, that go on. Canadians are increasingly concerned about access to information because, think of it, when the federal Canadian access to information law was introduced back in Oh, 1983, that was at the time that fax machines were becoming popular. That law really hasn't changed. Technology and society and our expectations sure have, but the law hasn't changed. So back then, it was a model of how to do it right. But we've been overtaken, and now that access law really has become a detriment. It's a, a burden to try and get access. And Really, because it hasn't kept pace, the legislators haven't had the political will to update it. Mm-hmm. It's toothless. Right. And sadly, a lot of the privacy laws are also. So our federal access commissioner can try and meet her obligations, her mandate to investigate a particular organization or take on a complaint on behalf of someone who's trying to get access, which they're legally entitled to. But the organization that they're asking it of simply ignores the request. Well, the only option then is to either ask nicely again or ask for permission to take it to court. That's not really effective. So we've got everything from police agencies and government departments ignoring the requests. That has become a huge concern. Mm, that's that's 
crazy. It's, it's just amazing how um, you you think, well, that's not right when you hear it, but you don't think about it until you hear it. So let's turn a little bit toward um, toward employees. Um, a lot of our listeners are sales professionals. They're marketing professionals. They are um, employed by someone else. Um, and the other part of the audience is self-employed. But let's talk about the employees first. As an employee, if my um, employer says I must be on LinkedIn and I must be using social selling techniques to engage with customers. I have to maintain a Twitter account. How how do I do that and still maintain control of my privacy? Keep my my kids out of it or keep my where I live or my family or, or my personal life out of my work life. Well, uh, keeping them separate is a, a wonderful idea because keep in mind, most people don't have the same job for life. And if you have a Twitter handle that is associated with your employer, you know, at Sharon Polsky, at Amina, when I leave Amina, what happens to that identity and all of the information contained in the messages? That there's case law, who owns it? And it also depends what jurisdiction you're in. If I express an opinion and I live in the state of, or in the province of Alberta, my opinion is my own personal information. If I'm the next province over in British Columbia, if I express an opinion about you, that becomes your personal information. Now, if I'm in Alberta expressing an opinion about you and you're in British Columbia, it's a mess. Um, if you're outside of Canada and you want to market into Canada, we also have another piece of legislation that came into force in July of 2014. And although it's Canadian law, it has a very, very broad reach. Uh, it's called CASEL. It's the Can- Canadian anti-spam law. And it's got million-dollar fines for an unsolicited email message. If I send you an email message and you don't want that and you think it's spam, all you have to do is report me to the federal government of Canada. There's a special department that's handling this. And based on allegation alone, if they take up your complaint, I can be hit with a $1 million fine. And my company can be hit with a $10 million fine per email. So there's this affects so many American corporations who have, that have divisions in Canada, that have employees and representatives in Canada. It is a huge risk and it's a mass, massive, urgent business risk that has to be addressed. Wow. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Sharon Polsky talking about privacy and access in the digital world. More from Rock the World with LinkedIn when we return. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. 
Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Rock the World with LinkedIn continues only on webmasterradio.fm. Hey, we're back. We've got Sharon Polsky, the president of Privacy and Access Council of Canada and of Amina, which is a private sector consultancy who works has worked her entire career in privacy and access in Canada and in the U.S., for dozens, hundreds, who knows how many, I don't know if you've kept track, Sharon, of how many different clients you've had and how many different sectors you've worked in and, and areas. But um, every time I talk to you, you've got cool and interesting stories, at least to me. And I thought it'd be fun to have you on the show. You know, when we took a break, um, you were talking about the new law in Canada that reaches um, over to anybody who's got a hand or a fist or an employee or a division or anything in Canada um, with the with the spam, anti-spam laws. Um let, let's continue that conversation. Um, so we were talking about employees and how do they um, engage in social media and keep their personal life separate, which is a great idea because, as you pointed out, um, people don't stay at the same job. They don't work for the same company for 30 years unless maybe it's their own Um what about what about an independent person? So I'm a consultant, and I'm serving customers in Canada, and I send them an email, or I send their um, maybe they refer some people to me, and I send them emails, and they complain that it's spam. What what risk am I putting myself at? Oh, I wish that was a simple answer, Lori. But really, it's a matter that there's some very clear cut guidelines that in every email there has to be full identification of who is sending the email, your name, your address, how a person can get in touch with you. If you're sending that email on behalf of another organization or another person, you have to identify them as well. There has to be a way for an easy and obvious way for the recipient to unsubscribe, and that has to be available for 60 days at least. Shall I continue? Wow. It's 
And keep in mind, all of the information that is contained in that email, all that contact information, also because much of it is personal information. If you're mm-hmm. sending an, an email on behalf of another individual, you're sending it personal information. So I hope you've got their consent right. to disclose their personal information. Uh, you have to obtain the consent of the recipient, but you're not allowed to send them an email to ask for consent because an unsolicited email is considered spam. Now, right. it gets bizarre because the, the limits are so strict. There's a couple exceptions where if there's a pre-existing relationship, you're okay. If you have prior consent, that's fine. But if you don't have consent... Um, you can send unsolicited email to a very close relative, but even as far as your aunt or your cousin, without their consent, that can be considered spam. Of course, if my my little girl wants to set up a, a lemonade stand and email people in the neighborhood, that's considered spam unless wow. she's got their prior consent. It's wild. So if you're in the States and you're working in Canada... This law also, and Canadian court judgments, have clarified that, yes, it does reach outside of Canada. So the oh. same way the FTC uh, goes after organizations that breach their uh, the American laws, mm-hmm. Canadian government and Canadian law reaches beyond Canada. So we have to be really careful about that. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I don't want to scare people, but I want to scare people. I think this is a really serious issue. And um, a lot of people hear about the can spam laws and, and things like that. And they they sort of, well, okay, yeah, you got to kind of do these things. But I don't think most people realize what the risk is. And so when you are talking about doing business, if you want to do business, you want to protect yourself, you want to pay attention to what kind of of, um, of risk you're putting yourself in by the different ways that you're trying to reach people and reach out to people. Absolutely. So Absolutely. one of my one, one of my favorite one, is. Go ahead. I was going to say that the one good thing about trying to comply with Castle, as it's called, is that an organization has to do a complete inventory of its communications, whether it comes from the C-suite or the marketing department or the shipping department so that they can understand what communications go out, by whom, when. They can do a complete inventory. Basically, they're doing a business process analysis, and they can discover efficiencies. They can sort through their contacts and update things. It's a lot of work, but there is such a huge payoff, not to mention that it's a way of avoiding the risk and mitigating. Right. Well, I know um, I have been shocked. Um, my our, our listeners know now that it, as well as being the LinkedIn diva and CEO of Integrated Alliances, um, our, our social media and, and LinkedIn and social media training firm, um, that I recently in June of 2014 took on the role as chief branding officer of Alpha. And I changed my email on LinkedIn. And within two weeks of changing my email on LinkedIn, people who I was connected to on LinkedIn started sending me email newsletters. And, I mean, these are people who may or may not have known that I had 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 changed 
roles, but they certainly didn't have my new email, um, <laughs> except that I put it on LinkedIn, which means that they were following the quote-unquote best practice, which is not a best practice, of downloading their LinkedIn contacts and adding them to an email list. And in fact, when I unsubscribed and unsubscribed and unsubscribed because I didn't want to get that kind of email cluttering up my new um, em- my new inbox in that in that world, um, a lot of them said that the email list, uh, the name of the email list is shown, and the email list was my LinkedIn contacts or this or or that. And was, I was like, you've got to be kidding me! I mean, you know, and and I'm I'm thinking these are there were a few people in there that were really highly, you know, that are supposedly well thought of thought leaders in the LinkedIn world. And I'm like, how can people do that? I don't connect with somebody to. I, I didn't agree to connect with you on LinkedIn to be added to your email list. And not that I don't want your email, but if I want it, I'll ask for it. But um, I, I connected with you to connect on a personal level um, and to help see where how we can help make business move forward for each other. And here I am trying to get situated in this new role. And the first week was brilliant. But by the end of the third week, I literally had 50 new email contacts that were sending me newsletters from, from to my brand new email address. And it was insane. It's like, how, how is, how is, how is anybody thinking that that's a great idea? Um, and then there are people who send their quote unquote e-newsletter to you on LinkedIn. Um, and it, it's like, you know, this is, this is, I, I get the messaging. I get sending somebody a lead generation request. You know, here's a service we have. If you're interested, please reply. But send that once. And if they don't respond, I tag their records and I don't send it again. Um, and it just seems to be that some, there's such a sense of urgency of you've got to get the message out that people forget the courtesy of not overwhelming people with a pile of crap just because it's not paper. Well, the the situation you've just described really is accounted for in Castle. If there's a LinkedIn contact, that in itself is not consent. Just because we're connected on LinkedIn doesn't mean you've given your okay for me to bother you by email. Just As like you say, if you want in the same, yeah, just like we live in the same neighborhood and the little girl with the lemonade stand. But they're my neighbors; I know them. Mm-hmm. But knowing now, somebody is not enough. What you're talking about is very clear in the in Castle, and the thing is, if there isn't consent, there's a problem. But if I give you my business card, and it does not say that unsolicited email messages are not welcome then I am deemed to have given you consent to contact me. You can contact me once. Right. And then if I don't respond, as you suggested, I really don't want to hear from you. Right. Right. Well, we are just about out of time. Actually, we are out of time. How can people find you and learn more about the privacy and access world and how they can protect themselves? There's a lot of information available and training information available both through the association and through the company. So let me give you a couple of website addresses. The Privacy and Access Council of Canada is at pacc-ccap.ca. 
And the private company, Amina, is A-M-I-N-A Corp. C-A. Great. A-M-I-N-A Corp. C-A is Amina. That's where you can find Sharon and um, and her world and get some particular help and, and consulting and get answers. And then Privacy and Access Council, again, Privacy and Access Council of Canada, P-A-C-C dash C-C-A-P. So you go forward and back. I love that. Like, wow, backwards. Um, and um, Sharon, you've been amazing. I love you very much. Thank you for the socks. Um, and I have my new ones. Again, thank you. I appreciate that. And I am beside myself still at the honor of being an honorary Calgarian due to our last visit together. So I look forward to seeing you again soon. I look forward to it, Lori. Be warm, be well, be private. All right. That's it for our interview. We'll be right back with our expert segment. More from Rock the World with LinkedIn when we return. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Rock the World with LinkedIn continues only on webmasterradio.fm. It's Rock the World with LinkedIn Radio, and it's expert segments with Donato Diorio, my good good buddy. Donato, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. How's it doing? 
We're hammering great stuff out in these expert segments, and, and we, we, we previously talked about investing in things that go well and making that go well, but things aren't always that way. Sometimes we have broken processes, things that aren't going well, people, processes, lack of resources, whatever it could be. What can you do to help our audience overcome some of their struggles in this area? Well, first, I think you and I both agreed that we should just run from this question. But then I'm like, nah, let's 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 attack it and let's try to help the audience out. So I think when looking at a problem, it's like in software engineering, debugging, right? Not looking at more than one thing at a time. And in order to do that first, you have to break the problem down to its component parts. So slice it down. So if a sales rep is not making enough calls, you have to look at a lot of different things. Number one, is it in their nature? Or have they not done that before? Did we pick the wrong person? Number two, do they have a call list at their disposal? Uh, number three, are they, are they saying the right thing? Number four, are they allowing the, the, the rejection that you do get as a sales rep to affect them? And are you managing them correctly? Are you teaching them? No, it's, it's, not, it's not a personal thing. It's a numbers game. So all those things can be one of the pieces of the problem. So I think this goes to anything from people to software engineering, breaking things down to their component parts, changing one thing at a time, just like A-B testing and marketing and approaching it that way. And sometimes great, uh, an experienced sales manager, your case, my case, has the ability to come in and say, okay, you're doing five things wrong. Let's change them all or picking that one thing. If it's new territory, if it's a new technology that you're working with that you don't know what's going wrong, don't change multiple things at a time. Change, change one thing, assess, me, assess, measure, move on, and change the next thing. You've got to break it down to its, to its individual parts. That's beautiful. Programmers know that, right? They don't go changing code all over the place and it doesn't work and they got to figure out which of all those things I did cause the problem and of course in this case which of the things that i tried that i fixed fixed the problem i can't i can't attribute it to any which one i don't know which one to double down on right absolutely well that's beautiful i'm you know what i do in that in, in these environments is i start out with bullets and then bullets become become you know, get grouped together you know kind of all the ideas and all the thoughts and then they become sentences and paragraphs and then they become sort of a report or a study around something and you know the the, the key that i've always found for, for speed, for me, is not to think that I've got to write volumes. I just got to get ideas down. Boom, 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 boom. And then we vote on those ideas, right? You know, which one are we going to do? Which one are we going to do? Right? Picking one is not always easy. Hmm? So how long would you give one of these things? So I'm going to do one. How long would you give it before you go on to the next thing you try to improve? Is that a matter of days or weeks or months or what? It really depends on the situation. Let's Let's take sales training as an example. Uh, that could be a matter of two hours, right? You try something new, see if things change in that short segment. Make sure you have things like call monitoring, call recording, uh, coach them, be with them, make sure there's other people around them, make sure there's people successful around them, and uh, reassess. A great sales trainer, as you know, can make a tremendous impact on people that are doing things just all wrong. Beautiful. Yeah, of course, they become a coach and they got to individualize that, right? Because not everyone in the audience that a sales trainer is, is working with has got the same problems. You know, when I'm up there on stage, I'm always looking at who's nodding and who's looking confused, right? Absolutely. I remember when we met, you raised your hand when I said, who's got the largest network, right? And I started with 500 and 1,000. I don't know where you dropped off, but I don't think you ever dropped off. You were at least 5,000 or more back then. And uh, 
part of our, our, our concept of, of speed in this was about having a bigger network. And now we've got, we talked about technology. We talked about fixing processes, investing in what's, what's working and all. I want to thank you for sharing all of your expertise in these expert segments. Tonight. It's been absolutely fantastic having you share. And, you know, I want to give you a quick moment um, uh, in, the, in, in one of these segments to talk, about, to talk about the capture product in detail and stuff. So I'll cue that up for you. In just a moment. Thanks for joining Donato. It's Mike O'Neill with Rock and Roll Radio on Webmaster Radio.fm. This has been a presentation of Webmaster Radio.fm, the world's largest business to business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs. On demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.